The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. You'd think, you'd think some 79 episodes in, I'd have this mic thing figured out where I like it, where it's going to stay. No, I know you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, no. <laughs> well, and it doesn't help today that you're sitting in a different spot. Yeah. You know, 70 some episodes of sitting in the exact same seat and now you're sitting somewhere different. Because somebody needed to have a nap. <laughs> well, when you've got to have a nap, you got to have a nap, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how else would she peanut gallery if she wasn't sleeping? <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I... I uh, I decided to get a subscription to Sound on Sound. Um, I'm making an effort to spend less time on my phone. Okay. And um, I figure if I'm if I'm having regular new magazines anyway that I would be willing to read, then then uh, that would help with that process maybe you know and two i mean there's lots of cool things in there that you and i can talk about on the podcast or yeah that kind of stuff so food for thought type of thing yeah that's part of what's going on i got like Uh, an entire shelf at home full of sound on sound magazines do you really yeah that's awesome i collected for like a full like two or three years really yeah and i just got them all on which uh which years um, got some from, what is it? I think it starts in 2011. I might have one or two from 2010. Okay. And then. That's it. Those are about the years that you were, excuse me, in school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 2011, 2012, and I believe I have some from 2013. That's where I started to. And then I do have some after that as right. well, but uh, the magazine store that I used to buy them at didn't always get them. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, yeah. I was l- probably literally the only person buying that magazine at the magazine store, so why get it in when only one person comes in to get it? Despite the fact I was a pretty regular guy. They like almost knew me by name. Well, you think for something like that that um, the subscription would make a big difference because it it was uh, compared to the compared to the cover price, it was ridiculously cheap. Yeah, oh, I, I know a subscription is cheaper. I just I enjoy when I have my place that I enjoy going to get my thing. I enjoy going there, right? And Although, I suppose the difference really is a Starbucks every month, right? Mm-hmm. So not a not a big deal. Yeah. If 
Yeah, was, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to dive through it. And I was thinking about getting a subscription, like a digital subscription, but I, I don't think I would read it. And that's the problem is there's so much free content online. Um, and, well, and, I just know at the moment I bring up my iPad to look at anything, I'll probably get distracted by other stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I've, I haven't pulled the trigger on a digital subscription just because I know reading on my iPad, I'm even if I did look at them, it would be like I'm just going to look to see if anything catches my eye. And if nothing catches my eye, then, you know, I might read that article instead of like when I bought the magazines, I would actually read those articles. Yeah. Well, and, and the, one of the things that, that I've always loved about Sound on Sound is, was it a year after the article is released, they make it free online? Maybe it's two years, but... Um, um, so if you don't mind being like us and generally woefully behind the times, yeah, then... Uh, no? Um, speaking of getting distracted and taking forever to read something. I tried watching a YouTube video on Sunday mm -hmm. that literally took me 18 hours to watch spread out over four different smaller sections of the video. <laughs> Why did it take so long? Just I just distracted. kept getting interrupted. Oh. You know? Um, or, I'd, or I'd start it knowing that I have... 34 minutes left in the video, but I only have 12 minutes before the client's showing up. That kind of thing. Well, that's half. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so the, uh, so the, this video, you might, if, if you haven't seen this video, you might really be interested in it. Um, you know, Warren Hewitt from produce like a pro. Yep. Um, so he did, he decided at a, I can't remember the, the artist's name, but he was hired um, to record a, uh, a three-piece band at Sunset Sound um, and decided that uh, to go along with that Sunset Sound recording, mm -hmm. he was going to do a comparison recording on the drums to see if, or to, to show how um, a cheap microphone setup can sound just as good as an expensive microphone set. And so um, what the setup was, what the setup was, he had, uh, um, I think it was Studio B at Sunset Sound, um, though I can't rightfully remember. Um, he had uh, 421s on the toms, a D112 and the kick drum, 57 on the snare, pretty standard stuff. Yeah. But then had three U60, uh, U67s, yeah, U67s um, as overheads and had two U87s on on the floor, <laughs> like like miking, miking reflections off the floor, right? Mm. Um, and had also like, uh, and then then add in the the console. And the EQs and the the processing that he ran on on the drums figured it worked out to about a hundred thousand dollars worth of gear. Ugh. 
Yeah, because the, the console was an older console. Um, I don't remember at all the name of it, if he even rightfully said. Um, but uh, but he compared that with he compared that with uh, a Focusrite Claret, one of the new Focusrite interfaces, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and a Sure PG series drum kit, uh, dr dr drum mic kit. Total of about um, seventeen hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Was if it? if you're buying retail new, right? Yeah. And huh. so, um, so he did, and 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 be interesting to hear what the results would be at the I, end of the video. Yeah. At the end of the video, he provided a link to download the multi-track with okay. both sets of mics, and. Um, he says, he says in the video, and he, he goes through a long process of, of showing the differences, like here's the difference between the kick, here's the difference between the toms, and here's the difference between the room mics and the, 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 yeah. the floor reflection mics and blah, blah, blah. Um, Sounds like a video that I should give some of my regular clients, because they're like at work, because well, uh, I do get that question of like, what's a better mic for this? And then it's just a lot of me going hum and ha and being like, well, what are you looking for? And, and so the, what it came down to is, um, like he didn't even bother having the microphones in the same spot. Like it was the same take. He literally taped like the sure Tom mic, he taped to the Sennheiser 421. So physically in a different spot, right? And 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 his his point was not to do a shootout, right? Not to have it a an equal shootout, but to show how these sure mics, this Focusrite Claret, this seventeen hundred dollar package can give you just as good a recording as the hundred thousand dollar package. Yeah. Um There needs to be more of those because there are far too many things yeah. out there that are like Buy the stupid four thousand dollar microphone. <laughs> well, and 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 as it turned out, he he didn't show this on the camera, so there's you, hard to verify it. But he said that once he got this, once he got the multi track back to his 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 home personal studio, mm -hmm. he showed it to the guys around the studio and tried to do a a blind listening test. Yeah, and he said every single one of them chose the Sure um, mics instead of the hundred thousand dollar package yeah. now now i listen to them myself both in headphones and on the speakers and and you could tell a difference but with the exception of the floor tom because the the floor tom on the shore mics just kind of sounded papery yeah. like like it sounded like a thwack instead of a thump mm -hmm. right um, and i think that's just entirely because of position because floor toms are so finicky positionally um, with microphones and, um, but it, every single, every single difference would just be a matter of, of preference, right? right? Like all of them sounded good. The U87s sounded great next to the PG81s. So did the, uh, so did the, um, U67s. They sounded great, but so did the PG81s and, and really what it came down to and, and what he was trying to, what he was trying to say in this 45 minute video was the you know, more important things in this equation are the fact that we had a great drummer yeah. on a good drum kit in a wonderful sounding room. Yeah. 
And as it as it turned out, the whole recording because it, it was it was drums, bass, piano, vocal. Um, everything was a first take. Like not not a single take. It was the first take. Hmm. And then they they listened to it, said, "Yeah, this right." They were done. They didn't do a second take. Yeah, but <clears throat> how often are people going to be in that situation? Very true. And I mean, all the players were were really fantastic. The singer was yeah. great, singing into a fifty eight, and it was a wonderful yeah. vocal take. And unfortunately. Uh, a lot of people aren't in that situation where they have clients that are of that level because clients of that level go to engineers who have experience with other people of that level. Right. Very true. It, it's a weird career that as you get more and more well-known, you get better and better players, and thus you have to do less. Uh, well, yeah. To an, an extent. I, I, I know well, engineering it, in general. comes down to... It comes down to the, I mean, you and I have both experienced this. Our best recordings, the recordings we get the most compliments on are the ones, or the mixes we get the most compliments on are the ones where the musicians sound the best. Yeah. Yeah. Like, And that's usually because the musicians were actually that good. Yeah. Well, it's but, the most important thing. That's what I mean, right? Yeah. Um, Roland and I had a great conversation yesterday because he's still, he's still um, trying to find his way, trying to find business as a, as a um, new engineer. Yeah. And he was struggling with the idea of, and I'd actually love to hear your opinion on this. He was struggling with the idea of being a specialist. um, When a lot of the advice he's getting from, non-music industry people, like his business coach is an accountant. Um, his The business school he went to, they really had no idea what he what? was doing, right? Yeah. I mean, it, some of them, he, he and I went to the same business school. Right. So some of them knew me and know me, but they don't really know the, business. the industry, right? Yeah. Um, and they're all telling him, just follow, you know, early days, follow the money. Don't worry about specialization. Don't worry about whatever. Follow the money. Establish yourself with good work over a broad series of things. And I've, I've told him since day one, he is a heavy metal specialist. Focus in heavy metal. Nothing else, nothing else should matter to him. I don't think it would be wrong of him to take on other jobs, but I think he should make it clear. <laughs> and probably go after the stuff he really wants to do because you don't want to get pigeonholed into an in, in uh, the side of the industry that you don't enjoy, right? Or or end up like like Graham over at uh, Atreyu, where more of his work is hip hop than it is metal. Yeah, but I think he enjoys that stuff. Oh, does he? This is my conversations with Graham. That's fair enough. Seems to be something that. He, he got into after he, uh, or he got introduced to that stuff from right. uh, uh, Pixel Blue from the Mesh. Oh, that's fair. And you know he likes that stuff, but he also likes metal. It's, yeah. So he, you know some of his stuff with those rappers, he combines metal with hip hop and stuff. So <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my advice to Roland was. 
as far as your marketing goes, like always, if, if, if something comes to you, like if, if a jazz project comes to you and you're interested in doing it, try it out. Yeah. You know, as long as, well, as yeah, long as they're if, paying. If you're interested in the project and they're paying, do it. Yeah. Um, if you're not interested in the project, they should probably pay more to make you interested. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose you and I, you and I still disagree on that. Um, but, uh, but I don't my, know. My, I, I, I have no problems taking people's money, even if I don't have all that much interest in their project. It's just, they have to offer me enough money to make it interesting for me. I suppose you have, you have a luxury that Roland and I don't have, and that's a day job. Yeah. Right. Um, but um, I'm more referring to my uh, experiences at the one studio that I helped build mm-hmm. where I, I increased my rates to heights that should have never, ever got to that level. <laughs> I still can't but, be paid. <laughs> you know, he was paying me a ridiculous hourly wage. So, like, how can I complain about music that I didn't care about? Yeah. Like, I knew that it was just like, I don't like this music at all, but I'm getting $120 an hour. Like, how can I? It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how, the, how can you say no to that? Like, that's difficult to say no to. That's a messed up thing, though. Um, are you able to stay as professional as you want when you when you don't care about like you really don't care about the music um oh that's a tricky one I, I can remain professional I guess um sorry Mary she um she's trying to get under the blanket alright <laughs> uh no I I think I could be professional and not be interested in a project. But I, I, I definitely will not have a connection with the music and thus, you know, my work will suffer to an extent. Like I won't have that extra idea that I might have for the project that I'm actually interested in. See, and that's that'll make the project better. Like it's like one of those cases where I'm definitely not the right engineer for the job, but the artist really wants me working on the project. So like if they're paying the extra money, it's just like, I can't say no to that. I guess. And this is only one instance where this has happened to me. So that's fair. That's fair. I I don't think think I would ever get in that position again where I was with that particular guy. He was like, there was, there was some baggage there too. Um, Uh, Yeah. Like some emotional, personal baggage. Um, emotional, but definitely personal um, baggage mm-hmm. uh, that that certainly would have influenced influenced that. <laughs> um, I, I guess where where I was trying to steer where I was trying to steer Roland was I don't think Roland should actively look for those jobs that I got into, and that's what I was what what I what I finally got through to him last night is, is focus on the clients that you 
want to attract. Not just that, but the ones that you will have a connection with. And that's, that's focus on heavy metal bands and heavy metal artists, because that's where his expertise lies. That's where he can provide the most value. And then if, if some, if some, some pop star come, not pop star, but some pop singer comes along and wants to work with him, he can choose to work with them or not. Yeah. Uh, or some jazz group comes along and wants to work with him for some reason. He can choose to if he wants, but he's not he's not out pursuing them. He's pursuing work with yeah. within heavy metal. No, I I think that is the way he should go about it is pursue the work he wants. And and, ignore, and the, not the, not ignore but but be o- no, open to everything else. Be open to everything else for sure. Uh but you know, there's no shame in saying no to a project that you know is going to be a pain in your ass, right? Like <laughs> if I, if another person like that studio I was talking about came to me and I knew it was going to be the same situation, like I'm gonna probably say no. And the way I'm gonna say no isn't going to be directly no. I'm gonna probably be like, I'm probably not the best fit for you. Let me pass you on to some people who might be able to do this. Better than I. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would give him, or whoever it was, I would give them the contact info of whoever might be interested. Right. That's something I've always struggled with is, is identifying that I'm not, I'm not suited to that project. Cause I, I'm, oh, I'm I, bad at it too. That's how I've I got into a, that yeah. situation. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I've been such a chameleon as far as the music that I've worked with. Um, and I certainly, hindsight being equal, I think it certainly would have, would have behooved me to, to focus on something, but I'm such a chameleon with the music that I'm interested in. And so that, that makes that identification that much challenge, that, that much more challenging. I suppose. Yeah. Is, um, Role in building a facility? Yeah, we're building second floor upstairs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's the basically what what is happening is um, he's renting um, uh, a certain number of hours here on a standard weekly basis at a at a crazy discount mm-hmm. because he's renting so much every month. Right. Um, and he's paying for it in advance, just like a renter would, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, so it's essentially it's essentially like a part time sublease. Okay. And we're building we're building the facility upstairs so that we can we can both be active while the other one is is tracking is tracking right. Get. Um, and we're we're gonna make it as. We're going to make it as flexible as possible. We have to figure out the whole like hard drive situation. Um, uh, we're trying to figure out a like a um, remote hard drive situation where we can both store projects that we can draw from, type of thing. Okay, um, almost not, like a server. Actually, yeah, that that's probably what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> that, that 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 makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's the idea is one, I, I want to be able to, I want to be able to know that Roland is going to be in tomorrow and at the end of the night today, upload my session to the server mm-hmm. so that when he moves in down here, ah, when he moves in down here, I can walk upstairs, grab my stuff off the server and go. Um, yeah. but truthfully what's going to happen is, 
is we're each going to use our our um, mobile hard drives. Okay. That's probably what's going to happen rather than us investing in a server. I should buy some more uh, external hard drives. Yeah. Considering mine's dead. Yours is dead? My external hard drive? Yeah. yeah. It died like a year and a half ago. Long before your computer. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of, um, your guitar is sitting there behind the chair. Yeah, I figured that was my okay. guitar. Yeah, cool. Which I'm, I might I, not even need to sell it. Oh, nice. I tried, I tried selling it to my client Friday night, right. who was really close to being interested. Oh, man. Um, and then I tried selling it to the engineer that was working here yesterday, and his client were both interested in it. Okay. Um, but they, uh, they ultimately said no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You um, know why? Or? One guy thought the price was too high. Okay. Um, he said, well, for the extra 150 bucks, he would go to Long and McQuaid and buy a new. Well, and, I, which is, I only which had fair, the right? price up high so that I could negotiate down and get the price that I wanted. So, so, now, <laughs> so now here's the, here's the thing to go along with that. The one guy that said it was too high wanted to offer two hundred dollars. No, yeah. Um, and he 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 was probably he was probably more along more interested in negotiating, but yeah. two hundred bucks? No, that's that's insulting. <laughs> well, he's also he's also a guy that got a hundred thousand dollars off of his house um, before he bought it. He must so he have has, bought it when there wasn't a lot of. Uh, um, yeah, demand. I didn't. It was. I don't know. Because usually there's, everyone I've heard buying houses, there's usually a bidding war for a house and it goes like higher than what the asking price was. Yeah, which is fair. But he has no problem, he has no problem being a, he has no problem insulting somebody with a low price. Like I, I probably wouldn't act insulting. I'd just be like, no, 200 bucks is way too low. Yeah. Because it is way too low. I could go to Long McQuaid and get 300 bucks for that. The only time I'm ever insulted by an offer is when it's clear that they haven't read my ad. Like if I'm selling something on Kijiji or eBay and I get an offer that is clearly not within the parameters I've laid out specifically in my ad. Yeah. Like I had, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, like one of the, one compressor or, or a preamp or something. Something worth money. Something worth some money. And a guy called me up and offered me his Chevy Blazer, like a truck. That's what he wanted to trade me the truck for it. Said it was worth about $2,500. I don't want your truck. <laughs> I know. It's like, clearly, clearly you're not paying attention to my ad. Anyway. <laughs> uh, my response would be, I, I don't drive, so I don't know what you want me to do with your truck. Yeah. So how about you give me cash? I um, sell your I, truck. When I listed the uh, the Portico preamps, the, the four channel Portico mm -hmm. preamp, um, I got an email from a guy that I've sold lots of things for, and the, the same guy that I got the patch bay from. Right. Um, he wanted to trade me three different preamps of his for that unit. Right. Um, and when I said no to that, he started offering me just this, that, and the other thing. And then he started asking me, well, what else are you selling? And then it, I, I mentioned the, the 220, the, the channel strip. Yeah. 
And he was like, oh, how much do you want for that? And like, oh, well, maybe I'll trade you this and this for that. It was just, he wouldn't, wouldn't talk cash about anything. Everything had to be a barter. Like, I got this, I'll trade you this. I got this, I'll trade you that. It was entertaining. I, I've gotten those. I, I remember trying to, I don't know if I ended up selling the bass or not, but I, I was trying to sell a five-string bass and somebody, mm-hmm. and it was like worth a thousand bucks. Um, and somebody offered me a Squire P bass uh, for it. Yeah. And I just, like, I had to tell him, like, no. Mm. Oh. Why would I ever take that trade? Speaking of, of uh, P basses, Brazo dropped his bass. Dropped? Like, physically or, dropped it? Or? I don't know if, you know what? I'm fuzzy on the details, but it, it took a it took a really serious tumble. Okay, and he said the frets were all messed up. Well, he's really, he's really lucky sad. that it was only the frets. I've dropped guitars and had like the entire headstock fall off. <laughs> Mind you, Gibson and Epiphones are famous for that. Even if they're in the case, if they take a small fall, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because of the way the headstock is built, if they take a fall. Uh, a lot of the shock ends up going in the headstock, and no the headstock kidding. can fall off, or well, it'll snap off. Yeah, yeah, that's messed up, man. Yeah. So, if you have Gibson or Epiphone, don't lay them up long ways. Just lay them on their sides or something. Uh, yeah, so they don't tip over. Yeah, that one I don't think is going to fall. It's wedged into the corner. No. And, yeah. yeah, that looks perfectly fine. If you just have it freely there, it's yeah. a good idea to have it on its side. Gotcha. That, that makes sense. Um, so what about the other guys who were interested? Too high for them as well? Well, the engineer, no, the engineer just, he looked at it, he touched it, and he's like, I'm not really interested. Okay. And the other guy was, the other guy was interested, but it seemed like he didn't really want to consider it at the moment. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I tried. I tried. So, uh, why are you thinking you might not have to sell it now? Uh, I ended have up. We, have, well, hold on. Have we talked about why you need to sell this stuff? Mm, I don't think we have because we've had guests. Oh, yeah. Since, okay. So, uh, the so events. Let's dive into said events. What the hell happened? Um, I don't remember what I was doing on my computer. Oh, yeah, I do. I was watching a YouTube video. I don't remember what the YouTube video was, but all of a sudden I got a blue screen. And, you know, that's a pretty, I wouldn't say super common, but it is a thing that happens to Windows computers every now and again. And so I I didn't think of anything about it. And I, I should mention, though, I was having issues with my computer for a couple weeks prior to this right. where I was like finding that <coughs> it was excuse me <coughs> <coughs> we need a cough button yeah um, I was finding that it was um, being slower than normal okay as well as um, well just before it happened it was deleting things off of the computer or at least I wasn't able to access things mm. like a, a, a Google Chrome. I couldn't access that, so I installed like another uh, uh, program 
thinking that maybe there was just an update that happened to Google Chrome that's not working with Windows 10. So sure, yeah, maybe I just have to wait till Chrome updates or whatever. Um, but you know, having what happened to my computer, I knew what was going on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, watching YouTube, and then I got the blue screen. And I was just, okay, whatever, wait for the blue screen to do its thing and then restart. But it just goes to the Windows startup screen for ever. It it doesn't ever go away. Yep. So, you know, power down, power on, just thinking that maybe there was something wrong with that power cycle. Does it again. So I do that again. And this time it does like a repairing thing. And it like diagnoses it. And then it says, now we're going to apply the 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 fix. But like 12 hours later, it's still at 0% of applying the fix. So then I went in and did some nerdy things where I was diagnosing the, the computer itself without starting it up. And turned out that the hard drive was dead. Mm. It's been there. Yeah. And so, anyway, you know, and talking to some computer nerds and they're like, telling me it'll probably cost me like 500 bucks to fix this computer which is about half of what i've paid in like i bought the computer for okay so i just it didn't seem like it was worth investing that kind of money in it and the parts are old enough that i'm worried that you know even if i just replace the hard drive i'm gonna then have problems with other components okay so I, I came to the conclusion that I need a new computer. Go to Memory Express and get a quote. And they tell me $2,100. We can get you <laughs> a new computer. Mind you, it is like a crazy specced out thing. Like I would have an i7 processor still, but it would be a newer generation, so it would be faster. Yeah. Um, I would have 32 gigs of RAM. All right. And I, with the option of expanding up to 64 gigs, I don't know why I would ever need to go to 64 gigs. Video. Yeah, but I rarely work on video. But you'd have a reason to now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Those are like the two crazy specs. And then the hard drives I was going to get to, I was going to get an SSD for the OS and maybe some other components that I want to start up really quick. And then another just HHD or HDD. I don't, I don't know, standard disk drive, hard drive that was like a terabyte and a half or something like that on there. And then, you know, later maybe buy external hard drives that are like two terabytes because terabytes are pretty cheap these days. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, like mine's, uh, mine's a two terabyte drive. Yeah. Yeah, two terabyte drive, and it's got it's, it's bus powered even. Yeah, you know, it's not even, yeah, which is exactly what you want, right? Yep. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. Uh, get like a two terabyte external hard drive, bus powered. Yeah, nice. So, but yeah, and have you made the decision? A decision on what? What you're gonna do? I'm buying a new computer. Well, yeah, okay. Have you made a decision on which computer? Is, is that the one you're going to buy? Uh, well, 
I talked to some friends who knew people, and they priced me out something with equivalent specs, if right. not the same stuff. Um, and they got that price down to eighteen hundred. That's not bad. Yeah. So, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna be getting a new computer, building it, installing Windows. It's it's gonna be a process. But it's going to cost me. You're going to build it yourself still. A lot. Uh, majority of it. I'm okay. definitely not installing the processor. Hmm. Yeah, it almost just makes sense to buy the motherboard with the processor installed and build around that. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll pay extra money for the processor to be installed because I know how important that is to get right. You know, when I built my computer in 99, um, you didn't even have the option of, of uh, installing it yourself. You had the option of replacing it yourself, but you couldn't buy a motherboard without a processor. Hmm. So I, I've, I, like, I know I built computers without processors, or like this is twenty years. I bought too, right? motherboards and stuff like that, but I have long since stopped doing that because I have no interest in physically. Putting together computers. I just did it in high school. <laughs> yeah. And I had the help of like, I think the first time I did it, my high school teacher helped me out. Okay. Um, and then out of high school, uh, my uncle's brother um, helped me out. Cool. Yeah, I learned about the toothpaste stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get a wipe on there. And yeah. Heat yeah. gel. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I just, was I was lucky. I was I was working at Radio Shack when I built mine, so we had like I knew I knew enough at the time to build it, and I was the guy that knew the least about it in the store. Everyone everyone was like, "Oh, you're building a new computer. Let's help." Here's my <laughs> advice. Here's my advice. Here's my advice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it because uh, it'll be nice to have a new computer that will have. Even crazier specs, because my computer to this day is still con like so was good, considered yeah. pretty good. Yeah. The only thing that needed to be upgraded was maybe the the video card, mm. and I rarely needed that. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this computer and seeing how fucking. <laughs> Part of me wants to just load a punch of like heavy. Uh, DSP um, reverbs or something to see how long it takes until I blue screen, but I know that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happens when you um, when you overtax it? You just, uh, it just blue screen sometimes. Yeah, right. yeah. If you can, if you, it'll just blue screen when something goes wrong. That like fatally wrong, where like it's going to break the computer. It'll blue screen itself. Yeah. And then it will detect why that blue screen happened. And then sometimes, I think they send it to Windows or something, but mm. the computer tries to fix Self -diagnose whatever fix, that yeah. problem was then and there. I, um, I've only done that once. And that was... Uh... <sighs> I did it lots when I first got that computer. Yeah. Because I was trying to learn, like, it's I, I had jumped from doing, like, the 32-bit 
oh, I only have four gigs available to me. And it, uh, when I bought that computer, it was about the time when 64-bit was coming in. Right. And so I, I made the jump to 64-bit and was only using 64-bit plugins with the exception of like ones that I used all the time. Yeah. But I bridged those and whatever. Uh, but 12 I, and Terry's auto-tune plugins running simultaneously was the thing that put my computer over the edge. Took me that yeah. Took took me three or four hours to to figure out what the problem was because I didn't I didn't know. But um, well yeah I I I don't know. Ah. When I first had the computer, I blue screened it a fair amount of times, just doing mixes and stuff. And um, you know, eventually I just learned what the limitations for my computer were were and my my workflow adjusted. Right. According to it, and I also was starting to use more and more 64-bit plugins, so it was got more and more difficult to blue screen it. It was only when I was having to bridge where that uh, blue screen happened a lot. Gotcha. So um, I learned something new about Pro Tools that made me appreciate it more. That I haven't I haven't seen specifically. I'm sure something like Reaper would have this because they have they have macros to do everything but well if it doesn't have it they have the ability for you to program it in it. right so um so this is something that pro tools 12 point they added 12.3 okay um they have the ability to commit up to a certain plugin um or freeze up to a certain plugin including mm. hardware um inserts where they'll, I mean, it. That it, sounds like something that you'd have to print, and that's that's exactly what would happen with a hardware thing is in real time. It just, um, it just, it just automates the the whole process, right? And and with a hardware plugin, you do have to print in real time. Yeah. Um, but which is fine, right? Well, yeah, yeah. If you're doing but, that routing, you, you you have to do it. But so. that's th- that's the very thing that I've been looking for because. I avoid hardware stuff when I'm mixing in the box um, because of the whole um, recall thing, right? Yeah. And I avoid bouncing because, like, bouncing out a dozen tracks, bouncing out a dozen tracks at uh, um, uh, to commit only up to a certain point is so tedious. But this makes it a one one click function that I'm really excited about to try out. I'm going to, I'm not sure if Reaper has something like that. I know Reaper has like an insert function where you can tell Reaper that right here in your routing chain is where you want um, to go routing out and then back in. If you add hardware setup, they, they have those options. Yeah, which yeah, is fun. I've never had to use it, but <laughs> I played with it a little bit. But I don't know. More often than not, if it's already in the box, I'm not going to go back out. My hardware stuff's more going in. Totally fair. Yeah, um, I have all this investment sitting behind me. 
Oh yeah, I understand. I want to make more use of. Like, I would love to have. I would love to have those, those, uh, those five sixties on kick and snare, as a default, right? Yeah. But I don't. I don't own any five box. Yeah, and so I don't. I don't use them. I'd like to, but I don't. I try to make do with. I try to make do with seventy uh, six plugins. Right. Have just the attack super super slow. Right, it's it's kind of close to the same thing, but it's still really not. Um, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I'd, I don't know if anyway. I had this much hardware, I'd probably make an effort to use it while mixing down too. So, yeah, but I don't have that much hardware. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, yeah, that's where that's where I'm going next. I am using my mixer finally for like the first time in forever. Well, you're, are you you're, are you working on a project for the first time in forever? No. Okay, what mixer are you talking about? My PV. The little 10-channel thing? Uh, 14. 14 channel? Yeah. Yeah. What are you using it for? It's just... Because um, when we have uh, people over at my place, yeah. um, they occasionally want to plug in their laptop or something to play music or oh, something. Yeah. And I found, for whatever reason, I couldn't get enough gain out of just some of, like, going directly from the headphone out into uh, my monitor setup. And so to give me some gain and volume control, I've set up the mixer. Set and up the mixer. Nice. And then, because uh, I do host D&D as well, and occasionally people want microphones for sound effects and stuff it's not useful <laughs> at the moment but yeah you know in the future it could be just as simple as just plugging it into the the board and then whoever's wanting the sound effects instead of addressing me to get me to do stuff they can just use the board to do right. the things they want to do i'm surprised you guys don't do a podcast I think Mary's thinking about doing a podcast, but well, Mary's no. Mary's been talking about doing a podcast of, of uh, board games, gaming for a long time. But yeah. but she she was talking about doing a, a YouTube thing. Uh, yeah, she's than, in the process of starting it. I think you guys should be you guys should be working on that. You have lots of downtime, right? Although you don't have reading. you don't have a computer, so yeah, I, I <laughs> so can't work on it. Can't work on it. Should have a new computer though in like, I think a week, week and a half. That's soon, eh? That'll be awesome. Well, it's, I've been out of a computer for two weeks, so I've been like trying to gather the money for it. But right. uh, I got, I got money from the government the other day, like three hundred and fifty bucks tax return. Uh, GST. Oh, nice tax returns. I shouldn't get any of that back. Why not? Because. They should be applying it to my student loans. Oh, I gotcha. That's fair. Yeah. You'd think they'd do the same with the GST. You, I, I'm thinking that at least one of my student loans is done. Like my provincial one is done. Because the last time I got a phone call, they told me I owed 500 bucks. And the time before that, I thought I owed them 1400 bucks. So they must be, they must be moving in the right direction then. Yeah. And they haven't called me in a while. Yeah. Like weeks. 
it's weird. I usually get a phone call a week that I ignore because I don't (laughs) want to hear, have the same conversation for like the billionth time. Yeah. Um, I want to change gears entirely. Yeah. Had a first here in the studio. I know. And it's a really disgusting first. So fair warning to everyone that's listening that has a weak stomach. We've had, we had the first person that didn't make it to the toilet while vomiting. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was We're... gross and nasty and no one else would clean it up. So I had to. Ah. It was awful. Why didn't they clean it up themselves? Uh, because they were they were barely able to barely able to stand up. Food poisoning. Oh, they ate it. They ate at Boston Pizza and and got uh, got food poisoning. And then the so the engineer the engineer on the session um, stuck this particular guy in the vocal booth, which doesn't have good ventilation to begin with. Yep. And so that just kind of sped up the process. And the guy tried. The guy tried to go outside and get some fresh air, and I don't know why he didn't just stay out there, but the moment he realized he was going to throw up, he ran inside and threw up all down the hallway. Ugh. He got it on instruments. Uh, the hand drums, um, there's a there's a hi-hat pedal out there that got covered. Hey, you should have just uh, stayed was, outside, vomited in the parking lot. Yeah. I ended up throwing out the uh, the mat that was in the bathroom, so people can sit on the toilet and not have cold feet. Um, that's gone. It's never coming back. That's fair. It was gross. And then the guy decided to wipe his face with one of the towels that I have hanging up in the closet that are supposed to be just for me. <laughs> oh. And put it back. Yeah. It was awful. It was it was well, a disaster. Forty five. I could see him not thinking about. Oh, that. for sure. I mean, like I, I don't, I don't hold. Other than the fact that I had to clean it up, I don't hold any ill will against him because I, I don't think he did any of it on purpose. No. But it literally, you walking down the hallway, where the hand drums start, it literally started on the floor from there all the way to the bathroom. Got it on the wall in a corner that should never have, should never have even been close to it covered in vomit and it's underneath the oh man it was it was a nasty 45 minutes of cleaning that uh, to me sounds like the engineer in charge should have cleaned it yeah but he was in the middle of his session and it was either it was either not get this thing done and call yeah. the session to an end or I clean it okay yeah and so I clean it. Besides, there was no way, there was no way that I would trust anyone else to clean it as thoroughly as, as I want yeah. because I have to come that's, back. That's fair, right? Yeah. Did the engineer at the very least. Oh yeah, he, he, he felt awful. He yeah. felt awful about it. And he came to check. Every moment he had, he came to check on me. Like, hey, things going okay? You know, like how bad is the damage and all that kind of stuff. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a. I imagine that guy went home like he had to have his mother come and pick him up. Of all things, okay. he, he he couldn't he couldn't find anyone else to come pick him up because he he'd driven the uh, the two guys that were still recording couldn't drive him home because they were still recording, and uh, he couldn't find anyone else to come pick him up. So, okay, yeah, 
Yeah, he even he even texted he even texted a couple hours later to uh, to the guys as they were packing up, saying, "Make sure you tell James that I'm so sorry for throwing up everywhere." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, and like I said, I don't hold any ill will no. towards him, other than the fact that I had to clean up his mess. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. So that was the. At least he he had an apology. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I swore a lot though. I was super angry about it as I was cleaning. Of course. Yeah. That's, I think that's fair. And the worst part about it is once I realized what it was, that was the moment that I realized I haven't replaced my mop. (laughs) 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 So I, I literally had to clean, clean everything up by hand with paper towels. Yeah. Yeah. That sucked. I went through a lot of paper towels and a, and a lot of spray cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. But those, and I mean, there's been, there's been lots of cases of people getting sick here, people getting too drunk or, or having a bad reaction to something or whatever. But this is the first time people haven't made it to the toilet. Yeah. It was pretty rough. It was pretty rough, yeah. Are you looking at me clipping over there? No? No. No. I'm just... Staring off into the distance? Yep. So I had another thing. um, I've done this twice now. Uh, I take that back. I've done it... I've done it half... One and a half times. Okay. So you are a big proponent of parallel compression. I like it, yeah. On vocals. Well, parallel processing in general. Yeah. So I, I had, I've had two sessions recently and recently, I mean, over the past couple of months where I, um, the most recent one was hard rock band, uh, choice, not chance. Um, and we just went through revisions yesterday, but he was a singer. the, The singer is a guy that has incredible, interesting tone and dynamics, but it's one of those guys that doesn't have control over his volume level. Okay. And so he'll, he'll have this, this burst of volume followed by this, followed by this real constriction on his vocal cords to get the sound he wants, Mm -hmm. but also drops his volume by immeasurable amounts. Okay. Well, that just sounds like slap a whole ton of compressors on it but right so what i actually chose to do because because the it was a weird combination of tones like really open to really tightly constrained yeah i didn't put any compression on the on the um on the recorded track although i i did have i did have the uh the purple action um slamming them too right um i decided just to squash the hell out of the parallel track and blend it in. And it was gorgeous. Like it was such a, it, it, it created this amazing like mid range tone shift that was just spectacular. See, that's why I like doing it. I know. I know. I, um, and I've tried it before, but I just, I think I just wasn't aggressive enough with it. That's what you have to do is when you're doing it on a vocal, it has to be like, all knobs all the way yeah. 
if it's distorting, that's fine. And then you that's just kind of blend it, it in. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, the distortion is part of what you're trying to get out of it. Yeah. And it was it was brilliant. It was yeah. um he actually asked me, What did you do to my voice? Because it sounds so awesome. Um and I, I, I tried explaining and he just looked at me with this blank stare, like I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Which is fair, because well, he's then, a singer and not a tech. Yeah, well, yeah. that just means that, you know, the next time he co- needs to record, he's going to be like, that James guy did an awesome thing that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. He's a genius. Well, Let's he, go to him. He, had a, he, um, he has interest from, do you know the band Finger Eleven? Yeah. They had, uh, they had a little bit of interest from one of the guys that produces Finger Eleven or something like that. Right. Um, that wants to bring them out to Toronto to record some new material um, in the new year. January-ish oh, type awesome. of thing, right? Yeah. And, and, um, and Trevor, Trevor's the singer. Yeah. One of the first things he asked was, what if we didn't go out there, but had you come here to work with us and our engineer? <laughs> like, okay. So he's, he's telling me this and I'm like, that's awesome, dude. Thanks so much. Um, but really don't let that to be a block. Like if this guy wants you to go to Toronto, go to Toronto, <laughs> take me with you maybe, but go to Toronto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. That'd probably be the same thing I would tell a band too. Yeah, like I, I'd I'd hate to be, I'd hate to be the the thing that stands between a band taking advantage of an opportunity. Yeah, and and I know I've I've had a couple of couple of artists, a couple of clients that have that have come to me and said, we have this opportunity, but we don't want to take it unless you're okay with us working with someone else. And my, my response every single time is, no, dude, like go take it, like fuck me, like put me in the rear view mirror, go take advantage of this opportunity. If I get a chance to work with you guys again, awesome. But this is amazing for your career. Go take it. Yeah. I've, you've said things like that to me. Mm -hmm. When I've told you of like some opportunities going to the States or when I told you about going to possibly going to Greece. For, to work with real world. Yeah. Yeah. You told me, go ahead, do it. Yeah. Try it. Well, that's, and I tried it. (laughs) <laughs> didn't work out both times, but eh, whatever. Hey, man. They're cool stories. Exactly, well, right? Real world is the coolest story. But the, the point is, there's so much there, there's so much ego in the world, um, and more so in the music industry and the recording industry. I understand why a lot of guys don't want to step on other people's toes or, yeah. you know, want to play the loyalty card in that. But, but for the sake of uh, for the sake of someone's career. You know, like if, if you chose not to go work at real world because you're my intern, that would be a career, that would be career suicide. Yeah. Essentially. Right. Like that's, that's, it doesn't make sense. And the same, the same with these guys, you know, like if, if they chose not to work with this bigger, better opportunity because they're loyal to me, it, it just doesn't make any sense for their career. Yeah. You know, they, they're, they're, they're missing out on a potential, on a potential great windfall of opportunity. And so I, I, I don't ever expect loyalty. Damn, I had, I had something else I wanted to throw in there. You always do. I always do. I know. Um, okay. So we have a Twitter and I should have that on the outro one day. 
Um, and we have our own Twitters, and we need to talk more on it. And we have an email on Gmail, but we got to go. So see ya. Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.